Welcome to the Pipeline Award-Winning Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jason Gibbs. You can find me on the artist formerly known as Twitter at Pipeline underscore. Tons of great content, both on TikTok and YouTube at Pipeline and YouTube.com slash Pipeline underscore. And of course, coming through your speakers right now. Week one is in the books. What an amazing, amazing week of college football, which what weeks aren't amazing in college football? And I got to bring in my guy, KSD. Make sure you follow him on all social media platforms at Pregame Empire. KSD, while we had the fun, the pageantry of college football, we do need to pour one out for a lost legend. Of course, I'm talking about Jim Harbaugh, who apparently may or may not have passed away the way his team was reacting this weekend. This is the the most appropriate way to, to start the show on, on a serious and somber note um truly an inspiring performance from the michigan wolverines um putting an absolute shellacking on uh on the ecu pirates on saturday at 30 to 3 final score um really inspiring you know with the news from about a month or so ago at this point that they would be without their uh their head coach who unfortunately has has left us uh, jj mccarthy with a couple touching tributes in the pre and post game, wearing the uh, the Harbaugh shirt, obviously you saw the four fingers pointed towards heaven to honor Jim Harbaugh's number as a Michigan Wolverine and the place where he currently rests. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I hate I hate having to talk about the the heavy stuff on this yeah, podcast. True. But, um, it, it feels like a you know it feels like a really appropriate way to just honor the memory of a, of a great Michigan man, a man who was always truthful with the NCAA, a man <laughs> who loved a good hamburger and um, you know never started a day without one. And um, you know if, if there's a glass of milk in your hand, uh, you have no choice but to pour it out. Rip in peace, Jim Harbaugh. Two things that that are funny about this. I saw a great Photoshop because. McCarthy wore the uh, free Harbaugh shirt and someone yeah. photoshopped yeah. it to free hamburgers. <laughs> I can't remember who that was. I think it was an Iowa account. And then, I really cannot. I really cannot believe they walked out there like he died. Like yes, I mean, like, they, like really they, basically, they basically were they were a half step away from doing the thing that like you see every now and then where a you know a team will line up with ten guys in the formation and take a delay a game penalty which the other team will decline. Right. You know, it's like that's like the grand gesture. They basically did like we're like a half step away from doing that. It's true. To 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 really drive the point home here, this was a self imposed suspension <laughs> by the University of Michigan. Yeah. Like it's not even like they can complain like, oh man, this is just such garbage from the NCAA. Like no Michigan did this themselves to avoid any NCAA punishment. Well, the, my favorite conspiracy, and I, I will never know this to be true, but I just would hope it would true. I don't think it is, but I would hope it's true. That someone said, I wonder if Harbaugh organized this himself as a tribute to himself. <laughs> I, I feel like that's almost giving Harbaugh too much credit. Like, cause, I mean, like Harbaugh, Harbaugh is funny but he is very unintentionally funny. Like right. he is not funny on purpose. Like I, yeah. I just don't, I don't think he has that in him. Like I, I really think we're overestimating because he's, he's very much a college coach in the sense of everything is completely serious and literal with him. Yes. You know what I mean? Like 100%. Every, like 
college football, basketball, baseball, you name the sport, like none of them cannot look at something without it being 100% literal. And he might be the worst one of them all. So that's giving him way too much credit. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. I, I hope I, I hope he orchestrated this. I would I would never respect him more than I would if he if he totally orchestrated oh. this. But I, there's just no, there's just no way he, <laughs> no way he has that in him. Absolutely not. Well, two things. So I think about it, when you say he, he's like so literal, it kind of reminds me Jim Harbaugh is Rain Man. You just cannot <laughs> understand the nuance of th- this weird humor thing he just can't understand although as you said he is unintentionally funny look no further than his press conference to start the week when he said i don't know if you caught this ksd there's no offense there's no defense there's a we fence (laughs) yeah this this, this is exactly what i'm talking about because like he's saying he like he, he is saying that and he he knows that people are going to run with it but he also is being 100 percent serious you know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he knows in the back of his mind that this is going to be mean into oblivion, but he doesn't care because he genuinely means it. Like, so there's no way, there is no way he orchestrated this. Like, Oh, I'm act like yeah. I'm dead thing. Cause it'll be funny. Just absolutely, absolutely no chance. What an amazing. And, and like you said, all to face the fearsome opponent, of course, ECU <laughs> pirates on the can, road. Can I, make a, can I make a quick big 10 note? Yeah. Uh, while we're in the, while we're in the big 10, um, it's happened in a Big Ten game. It wasn't a Big Ten team. Um, West Virginia did the, uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs ring around the rosy thing. <laughs> and I'm just going to say it's a whole lot cooler when you aren't down by 20 points <laughs> when you do it. Like, I mean, the, 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 that just needed to be said. Like, the, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm like I'm not surprised that we saw this. Someone do this in a college game in week one. I just cannot believe that a team did this down by 20. Yeah, well, and we'll get to Dion in a second, but it it was the part of it that was funny for me is that Penn State literally didn't flinch; they almost borderline yawned at it. Yeah, it was it was a two point conversion too. It's like it didn't make a single difference in the game whether that worked or not. Because obviously Dion's been on everybody's mind, but thinking about Dion this week, it reminded me of this. Now this play wasn't nearly to the level of of when Dion did this, but I, I remember seeing this highlight one time. I think I was on some in some rabbit hole on YouTube, and I believe the the Atlanta was playing Buffalo Bills, and okay. Dion returned a a kickoff for a touchdown. It, the only problem is. Buffalo was up 37 to nothing prior to the kickoff. So he returns at 37, 37 to seven. But for the last 20 yards or so, he's high stepping and dancing, <laughs> just going insane. And then one of the Buffalo Bills special teams guy comes over and puts his arm around him and points up at the scoreboard like, hey, it doesn't matter. And Dion really was like, I don't care. I, I scored, you know, I'm – what am I going to do? I'm doing everything that I can do. But speaking of doing everything that he can do, yeah, I guess I guess we got we got to talk about it, right? Like it was, it was uh, with all the the pageantry and leading up to it, the hype. I thought, okay, this game's going to be a dud, and it was anything but that. Yeah, yeah, like like let's be clear here. Like talk about the pageantry and the hype. Like let's be clear what Fox was saying about this game. Like Fox is calling it like the biggest season opener of all time and all yeah. this, you know, and all and, and all the like to be clear, 
Colorado was playing a team that appeared in the national title game this year. Now, um, that team is very much a shell of itself. They lost a bazillion dudes on both sides of the ball. It looked nothing like the team that was in the national title game last year. And also that team kind of got there in a little bit of a bullshit kind of way. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Anyways, um, all the talk was about the team that was the 20-point underdog in this game, right? Like, you yeah. know, not the team that played the national title game. Um, so – Fox 100 Fox called their shot on this and was right, which is maybe the most like that honestly is more surprising to me than Colorado actually finding a way to win the game. Like Fox Fox was hyping this like I have never seen a college football game be between two teams that don't deserve that kind of hype, you know, be hyped before and and they were 100% right. And they got it right. It was credible. Remember, we're talking about a team that won one game last year <laughs> and and having this much I don't care like, who the coach is. I don't yeah. care if it's Bill Belichick. It was just for them. It was a home run hit. It was their featured game. They had Gus Johnson, Joe Klatt, and they hit a home run. It was amazing. A back and forth game. All of these records are broken. There's, of course, the Travis Hunter yeah. playing approximately a thousand plays, both on offense is- and defense. I was sad he didn't line up for special teams. Maybe kick a field goal. He should have just gone all out. This is the dumbest box score I've ever seen. Like I had like so Shadur Sanders throws for 500 yards and four touchdowns. Colorado had four different receivers go over 100 yards. Like that is stupid. Like I, I don't know how that, and they ran, they only ran for 55. Like they had no running game to speak of. They threw for 500 to basically four guys. Like this should just not be possible. And like this is not going to be the I'm, I'm not going to say this isn't totally the popular opinion cuz I'm not I'm not trying to diminish Colorado's win here, although yeah. it's gonna sound like that's what I'm saying, but I really am not sure that this win says more about Colorado than it does about TCU. Like I think like TCU looks like they got some major, major problems. And also this also kind of looked like every game TCU played last year, anyways. <laughs> like like they just happened to, you know, get the bounce at the end. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Matt uh, Matt Rule has has a chance to do the funniest thing of all time. Because, like, you know, Colorado's riding high. Everybody's talking about them. Like, yeah. oh, my God, it worked. You know, like, this could be a watershed moment in college football. And now they have Nebraska rolling in, who's coming off one of, if not maybe the most heartbreaking loss of, of week one. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, pro- you know, pro- heartbreaking loss, yeah. Maybe not bad loss, because I don't think it was a bad loss from them. They were, they were yeah. seven and a half point dogs. But, yes, most heartbreaking loss. Speaking of. Check this out. This is a tweet from uh, Dave Mason, who's a, a gambling guy. Colorado action is insane. Never seen anything like this. I'll be shocked if Saturday's game is not the biggest bet college football regular season game in the history of bet online. There's more. There's now more cash on Colorado's spread than the spread of all for all 32 NFL teams. That is insane. And what does that tell you? For the love of humanity, please fade and and pick Nebraska. If you take the points, especially if you get the hook, it's three and a half right now. Do not (laughs) go all in on Colorado. Yeah, because like I said, I'm really not sure that like the takeaway from Colorado TCU is that Colorado was, you know, a top 15 team or whatever and is, you know, going to be in the playoff conversation. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, I mean, (laughs) sure, whatever. (laughs) Put some money, sprinkle, sprinkle a little on on Nebraska. Um, That's right. I, I, we do we do need to talk about the Nebraska game because because 
Nebraska also had Gus Johnson and Joel uh, Klatt on the call on Thursday night, and thank God Gus got to do the Colorado TCU game on Saturday because he needed a little uh, <laughs> a little pick me up after two. A little, a little juice juice after oh, that. Uh, God. I mean, it was exciting in the end. Sure, just yeah, because it was back back and forth, but that was you know not it was, fifty-eight it, it, it minutes was, of the game. It was accidentally exciting. Like it was not exciting on purpose <laughs> because the the exciting things that happened were so first you have the Nebraska fumble, uh, you know, up by seven with about four minutes left, and again, like Minnesota was just trying so hard to not score on that drive. Yeah, like they they did not want to tie the game. They you know they they wanted nothing. They just wanted to go home, and they score on. The, you know, one of the probably one of the craziest fourth down plays you'll see all year, and then you get the Nebraska interception. Like mm-hmm. it, it was that the, there was there was no purposeful excitement. It was it was all it was all accidental. Yeah, and then Nebraska coming up short, almost defying the odds of probability yet again, and that's why the fact that this game is the odds are already a one score game. Nebraska's probably going to win the game. At the bare minimum, please this, take this, the points. This would be a hilarious way for Nebraska to break their one-score game thing. Yeah. You know, like they've like I don't even know what the stat is at this point, but they're like one in a billion in their last one-score yeah. game, which feels like yeah. it's like every game for the last three years. Like this would be like I said today on Twitter, and I I firmly stand by this. Like I don't think there is a possible result to this game that isn't funny. Like. If Nebraska wins by a lot, that's hilarious. If Nebraska wins close, that's hilarious. If Colorado <laughs> wins close, that's hilarious. If Colorado destroys them, that's hilarious. Like what 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 is what is a result that there is not humor in in this game? I saw a tweet and it, and by the way, follow KSD at pregame empire on Twitter. I agreed with it wholeheartedly. There's no scenario in which it is not just belly full of laughs at the end <laughs> at the end of 60. Yeah, because I mean, like again, like I said, Nebraska could either do the close game thing again, or they could break it against you know everybody's week one national champion, or you know both teams have a first year head coach, and like you you could have Col- or Nebraska fans doing the we should have hired Dion thing, which like just sounds hilarious. You know, like they didn't all actually <laughs> believe it, but they're gonna say it if they lose, right? Or you know, or Nebraska who just looked god awful on offense in week one like comes out and scores like 40 and wins by three touchdowns like right (laughs) (laughs) some juggernaut one thing will be interesting to see is this game especially when it's at colorado and which colorado is sold out of course this particular game is almost always a borderline sea of red you know there is nothing there's filled with husker fans i'll be curious what it looks assume, like Saturday. I, I, I mean, I assume Nebraska fans did their normal thing and just bought Colorado season tickets so they'd have this game. Like, I, I wouldn't expect it to be any different, but. Well, maybe. The knows. only thing is, remember, Colorado sold out its spring game. So it's not like they didn't yeah. know this was a possibility. But, <laughs> you know, Nebraska's going to Nebraska. So we'll just see if they out Nebraska themselves during the game. Uh, All right. Um. We stick in the Big Ten, uh, I guess. We've, we've talked a lot about the Big Ten, but the Big Ten's had a lot of interesting stuff happen this weekend. Brian Ferentz is currently on pace to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the sickos? Did you see the sickos tweet where they're doing like yeah. the old Price is Right game, <laughs> <with> the, <laughs> the yodeler? 
Casey, like, here's the here's the funniest part about this because I I tweeted this early in the first quarter, and I said, "Does Iowa have the best offense in college football?" People are asking because yeah, of course they, 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 they scored they scored they're fourteen early. to nothing, yeah. right? Fourteen to nothing. So at that point, they're on pace for fifty six points in the game, and they literally had to slam on brakes to to get it down to twenty four. I, this there yeah, could not I, have been a funnier I, result. I, there, there was a point where it's like, oh my god, is Utah going to Utah State going to come back and win this game? Because it was, you know, they cut it to ten. They had the ball. Of course, Iowa isn't going to pull away, but <laughs> this is going to be worth watching. It's going to be fodder for uh, us yeah, like, the whole year. Well, I mean, so I'm looking at the rest of their schedule here. Like, tell me, like, I'm, I'm going to read off. I mean, I know it, it's eleven games. I'm going to read off the rest of their schedule. Tell me how many where you're like, okay, I'm confident they can hit twenty five. Mm-hmm. At Iowa State, Western yeah. Michigan at home. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you said at Penn State, Mm-mm. Michigan State at home. No, it's gonna probably gonna be like a slugfest. Eh. They could Purdue at home. Yeah, okay. yeah, Purdue, yeah, Purdue. Yeah. I mean, Purdue just gave up thirty nine to Fresno, so sure, maybe at Wisconsin. No, no, <laughs> Minnesota at home. No, <laughs> nah, doesn't seem it. At, at Northwestern, maybe. <laughs> They, they have a they have a two game stretch here in in early November where they're going they're going to need to pile some on because yeah. they have back to back at Northwestern and Rutgers at home like they're they're, they're going to be they'll be they'll, it'll be late in the fourth quarter and they're going to need to be running up the score onside kicking up up, up yeah. twenty eight points you know here's the thing this was a game where you had to bank points you had to bank yeah, points exactly. here. you needed like, to be thirty five forty two forty nine if possible. There, there is one defense I'm looking at on the schedule, and I think it's Western Michigan that I can definitively say is probably as bad or worse than Utah State. The mm-hmm. I mean, okay, I'll take two. Northwestern, Northwestern's worse. Like, but, like the rest of them, I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> they finished with Illinois. They will not hit 25 on on Burke, and they go to Nebraska. Which, if Nebraska looked good at, at anything this week, it was on the defensive side. Yeah. That's that's like, looking dicey, KSD. That's that's yeah. super dicey. They're going to need one of these Oregon eighty-one to seven games or <laughs> Oklahoma seventy-three they, to nothing games. They they need they need to schedule Arkansas State so they can make Butch Jones cry on the sidelines. Kirk <laughs> 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 Ferentz will be calling. He's going to be trying to cancel like like the Penn State game or something to see if they can get Arkansas State in there as a stand-in. I actually have a question. I don't know if you know the answer to this. So, okay. There was a fan on, on Twitter asking me this, and I, I didn't know. Does it count special teams and defensive points toward this, or is it strictly so my, offensive? I don't think anybody has officially said, but my understanding is is that it just says 25 points. Oh, okay. Like I never, I've, I have not seen any specification that it has to be offensive. I think okay. they just have to have, like – when you look at when you look at points per game at the end of the season, they got to average twenty five. Twenty five. So well, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, maybe pick up the stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna have to be uh, tipping his uh, special team coach and, and defensive coach. I do yeah, want to listen. I do want to apologize because we were a little late. I was eating a hot dog uh, <laughs> in, in, instead of starting the podcast, so I I, I do want to apologize. <laughs> Yeah, like this. Oh my gosh, this, this is this is already one of the dumbest quotes of the year because 
if you watch, so if you watch the replay, so well, first of all, Shane, this is Shane Beamer talking about the yeah. chain gang coming out of halftime against Carolina on uh, Saturday night, and he's mad because they took too long, which like I guess messed up his onside kick call. Which, to be clear, they still ran the onside kick and they still got it. They like, still this, recovered. This, the chain, the chain, the, like if you watch the replay. Like listening to after listening to the post game, so the chain dudes are they are the last people out of the locker room. Like everybody's mm-hmm. lined up to go, and they aren't out there. Yes, they are late. Like I will grant him that. Shane Beamer has realized this in the moment, and he's like screaming and waving his hands, and he's all mad, and he calls over the kick team to the sideline. Right. right. So like you would think at this point he's calling off the onside kick and he's mad and whatever, you know. But like but that's not what he does. Like he keeps the onside kick on. And again, they get it. Like they execute it perfectly, and they immediately go four plays and turnover on downs. But like, <laughs> I have never seen, I've never seen a coach in a post game press conference be mad at something like this, where it literally had no impact on the thing he's mad about wanting to try to do because it still worked. KSD, this may have been. I I can't think of one off the top of my head. This may have been biggest spin zone. I have ever heard come out of a coach's mouth. And to your point, complaining about something that is literally meaningless. And I mean, literally, this is what he, this is what he, you know, he, he says the, he says it's the only problem. The only problem Spencer Rattler was finishing the fourth quarter in a wheelchair because he was sacked so many times. He was literally hiking the ball and wheeling back and trying to drop it back. They were sacked nine times by a Carolina defense while perhaps this improved was atrocious last year. And you're literally complaining about a play that was all it was is delayed. You still got the play right. It was that's the, a, that's, it was that's no responsibility, no responsibility for <laughs> any of the play, any of the play calls. They got beat by 14 points and they only scored, like I said, 17 on a Carolina defense that at least last year was super suspect and well it's, this it's, is what it's you're wild to me that he about. even it's wild to me that he kept the onside kick on after like because again when you watch it back like he calls that he he is mad that the, that they aren't letting him kick the ball he calls the team over and you would like like knowing what happens you'd be like okay this is probably he, he probably would call it off here you know and like and just kick it deep because like you know he's missed his chance or whatever yeah but no he, he kept it on like and it worked. Like again, like pick a play from the weekend. Like you know, let's use the Texas State one-handed catch because like mm-hmm. that's the play of the weekend that everybody's talking about. Like if yeah. DJ Kenny and, and the post-game presser is like, yeah, man, you know, like I I had that dialed up, but you know the play clock didn't reset when I wanted it to, and so therefore <laughs> like we you know we we, we would have won by thirty, but you know like on that one-handed catch play, you know TJ Finley had to wait an extra five seconds to snap the ball. Like, like that, that's the exact same, basically the same thing that Beamer said. The same, yeah, it's the same uh, reason of logic or whatever. It it was so <laughs> I could not believe it, and the way he almost kind of came unglued about it, and it's <laughs> like you were dominated in this game. And uh, against yeah. a team that, again, as I've mentioned, was, you know, sus- they were good on offense last year, but very suspect on defense. And you were completely handled. And you had ended the year on such a high note. People had pretty big expectations coming in for South Carolina. But 
just a, an unreal attempt at the spin zone to say that was the only problem in the game. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, <laughs> crazy attempt. Like, just this is a really weird thing to, to be mad about. Again, really just if, given the result of the play. We'd probably do need to talk about Baylor for a second, and because like the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve teams in the state of Texas did not have a good day. No, like it's not Baylor, a banner Baylor, Big Twelve Texas day. No, yeah, I mean Baylor loses by double digits at home to Texas State. Texas State's first ever Power Five win. So shout out to them. And like, if you're, I mean, I, I can't even like think of a Texas State football moment. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's the kind of like before Saturday, obviously. Like Saturday is like the one now, but you know you can't like. Most FBS schools, you could think of like, okay, they did this one cool thing one time, whether it was a big win or some crazy play or whatever. Right. Or they had like one cool, you know, one dude who was the stud. Like, I, I can't think of like a Texas State football thing until now. Even their logo is kind of meh, you know. <laughs> it's very nondescript. Right. But I think, I can't remember who they were, but I do remember I, I used to play fantasy football and I had, I was, had the conference oh, – that uh Texas State was in at the time. And I they did have like a couple of running backs that were that would register in that right. conference only right fantasy football. But to your point, there was not there was definitely nothing on, on the national scale. But hats off yeah, to them. So that, that was an, a hell of a catch. That I it's gonna oh, be yeah. you know we had the we've already alluded to the Nebraska Minnesota game, which that one handed catch or I'm sorry that one foot catch was unbelievable. Yeah. And then it was just usurped like that a, a few days later. Yeah, so we already talked at length about TCU losing to Colorado. And then Texas Tech – well, Texas Tech made the grand mistake of going to Laramie, Wyoming to play a football game. Like, just don't do that. <laughs> I don't – like, BYU and Utah are doing that in the next couple of years. Like, they should probably look cancel. into canceling that. Yeah, but, take note take like, note of this game and cancel, yeah. Yeah, like, shout out to Wyoming, like – but, I mean, they really they really do make it harder to play there than you think it should be, you know, yeah. given that Wyoming is normally not as good as you would think they should be. But, I mean, they were down 17 nothing in this game, came back and won it 35-33 in overtime. I mean, they did get a lot of help from a lot of Texas Tech stupidity, including some, you know, missed field goals and, and fumbles and, and whatnot. But, um, but still, they got the job done. And, I mean, it was kind of an epic ending, too, picking up that fourth and seven for a score to tie it and then yeah. get the two-pointer right after to win. So, shout out Wyoming because that was awesome. Yeah, and two things. One, hats off that crowd, and, and they're always they, – they love yeah. their Cowboys there. It was a great atmosphere. The end zones were electric. I love them. Uh, I probably should have I, I should have asked Jim Weber his thoughts because uh, he's a friend of the pod, Jim Weber, because he's always commenting on logos right. and, and uniforms and stuff. But uh, some of the best end zones I'd seen in a while. And then how about Texas Tech? Everyone's, quote, unquote, dark horse to be right. this year's TCU. Well, they were this year's TCU, you know, <laughs> literally this year's TCU. Yeah, pretty pretty much because um, I'm not sure because are, are we sure Colorado is better than Wyoming? Like, I mean, <laughs> sounds crazy after Saturday, but also I'm I'm not I'm not not convinced of that. Um, yeah, I, I want to give a, a quick shout out to UTEP because they beat Incarnate Word on uh, on Saturday, and they're going into Evanston, Illinois, to play Northwestern this Saturday as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. This is UTEP, who is one-and-one because they have lost to Jacksonville State, who is a brand-new FCS program. That team is favored over a Big Ten school on Saturday. 
Yikes. <laughs> yeah, in case, in case you want to know how bad things were at Northwestern, everybody's talking about it today, so I guess we have to talk about it. The the Lord's the Lord's NIL has uh is expired. Has run dry. Yeah, it's run dry. <laughs> the, the cup the cup the cup is, is not overflowing. Uh mm. the, the, the land of the land of milk and honey, no more milk and honey. Uh gold, frankincense, and myrrh were uh were lost along the way to uh to the promised land. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think this is a, a situation where Dabo was taken up and he can view the promised land, but he cannot enter it because yeah, yeah he, it's he's, uh, he's the Abraham in this or Moses. <laughs> is it Mo, it's Moses, Moses, right? Yeah, 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 Moses in this situation. Yeah, well, absolutely. So two things. I put this in our Discord a couple weeks ago. Duke plus 13 and a half was the lock of the week. Shameless plug, by the way. Join our Discord. And then two, and I tweeted this out. I think I think you you might have seen this, but to me, Clemson, it's over. It's over for Clemson oh, as a top echelon team. They're going to be yeah, ranked I, I, here and there, but they are an afterthought. You will never talk about it. I don't even. I don't even care. The twelve team playoff. They are an afterthought yeah. unless unless Dabo completely reverses course, starts using the transfer portal, and and real nil stuff. Then sure, you could probably get back on it, but. I don't know if they might have slipped too far to do that because obviously Florida State's coming on huge dominating win against LSU and they're not going to be letting up. So Florida State, oh, for all gosh. intents and purposes, is is back, quote unquote. Clemson no, I'm, is, I'm a, is back to and I'm, you you said this Clemsoning, I think. Yeah, I'm a hundred I'm a hundred percent with you on the on the dab thing because like he, doing what they're doing currently is good enough to win nine, maybe 10 games a season. You know, they'll, they could be a ranked team. They That's their absolute for, ceiling. Yes. Yeah. Like this is not like in this era, it's not going to get them national championships or even really close to sniffing it. Um, he's done like, like if you watch, if you watch them against Duke last night, like, like if you watch their wide receivers compared to Florida state's wide receivers, like it's just yeah. night and day. And and also too, like Clemson is still recruiting at a high level. They have like the fifth highest talent or whatever in the country on twenty four seven. So like it's not like you know it's just the cupboard is totally bare. Mm-hmm. So yes, the, the, like the transfer portal thing is really the biggest one for me because like he's basically playing with one hand tied behind his back because he refuses to go and address any sort of needs with dudes who are available. Like for instance, a Keon Coleman. A Keon Coleman, exactly. Like <laughs> like if. You're close. You can go, you can just go get that guy. Like he, yeah, he, he he will consider you at the very least. Like he just doesn't want to. The other thing last night that really makes no sense to me is so Dabo Dabo made a big step outside of his comfort zone this offseason because he actually hired an offensive coordinator that wasn't just a promotion from within. Like I don't mm-hmm. know if he's ever done this. Like I mean, everybody you know, it's just constant promotion from within, promotion from within, right? And like I'm yeah. I'm sure that you know the boosters or whatever were you know pressuring him to say like, like you got you got to get somebody outside you know we can't you know we've tried this twice in a row hasn't worked blah 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 and apparently Graham Coffee uh, intrepid Georgia uh, analyst reporter pointed this out that on ESPN's pregame show Dabo said something and I'm, I'm I don't have the exact quote in front of me so I'm paraphrasing but something to the effect of we brought in Garrett Riley to quote, you know, or not quote, but to run the the Clemson offense, you know, is what he said. Mm-hmm. And man, was that <laughs> evident last night because <laughs> that like, and spoiler, 
the receivers Garrett Riley had at TCU were better, and the quarterback he had were better, and the running back. <laughs> but that looked nothing like what TCU yeah. looked like last year. Absolutely nothing. And it looked a lot like what Clemson looked like last year. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure DJU was doing a little dance uh, <laughs> after the game because oh, it clearly DJU, wasn't. DJU is the week one. He's the week one MVP. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he, he had he had an awesome game and got to watch that. Yeah, I'm sure he was <laughs> popping the champagne for himself. W- one thing before we leave this game is obviously Dabo complained about the walk, the how far of a walk it is from the the locker room to the field. Did you catch that? Yes, I know what you're gonna say. The inflatables, the bounce houses that they put up to make it the walk even longer. It's just to me. College, there is no more pettiness in the world than college football. I love every second of it because when, they, just... when there was when there was but one set of footprints on the Duke practice turf, that's when I carried you from the locker room to Wallace Wade Stadium. <laughs> well, for me, this is the stuff. This type of stuff is what this podcast was built for. If you if you haven't followed us, please do. Make sure you subscribe. We're always talking about the weird, the wild, the wacky. The fun stuff of college football. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Pipeline underscore. And remember, www.youtube.com slash Pipeline underscore and at TikTok at Pipeline. No underscore there. KSD is always on all social media at Pregame Empire. And we'll see you guys next time on the Pipeline Award-winning podcast.